We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi, hi. This is Gwendolyn. I'm your host, at the Visual Workplace, our weekly radio show where we explore and celebrate the principles and practices, the concepts and tools, the methods and strategies, the people and the results of workplace visuality. What a wonderful journey, letting the workplace speak. In each show, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the landscape of work through visual devices. Why? so we can reap the huge benefits of doing so and enjoy ourselves along the way. The benefits have to do with bottom line, 15 to 30% increase in throughput, or you can think about increase in productivity, either way you want to slice it, but also wonderful cultural alignment. So, today's show, we are temporarily suspending uh, our march through the many, many layers of successful 5S, what I call 5S on steroids, to begin to put into the mix of our discussion other things. And in the, this show and the next, we're going to focus on the infrastructure. What an improvement or success infrastructure is, why it's important, how to build it, how do you know it's there, how to measure it, how to do it. That's what this show is about and next week as well, as I mentioned. The infrastructure which so many companies forget to frame. They go on their journey for improvement and they forget to put a framework around it. So it will take us two shows to outline that. And I'm thinking this uh, that I'm going to begin a new um, sub-process where uh, – during the course of the show, I'll call out to you things that you can do, action action items that you can do as a result of what we're discussing, and uh, hopefully that you'll be able to um, get more, plow more into your company as a result of the show. But I, I also want to say that after we have this discussion of infrastructure, which I'm really excited about, I'd love to have begun with infrastructure, but until you kind of know what is it you're going to do, it's hard to talk about how are you going to do it because, well, you don't know whether the cart, which is the cart and which is the horse. 
as if as many of you have been involved in improvement and you know, do we put our infrastructure, do we sell that, do we put that in place first, or do we talk about the vision of the change? Well, both of these components are equally important, so we're going to talk about that. I hope that it's going to be very useful to you. And after that, then we'll go back to our doorways. This is in a couple of shows, our 10 doorways into a visual workplace. We'll look at doorway number two, which I promised a few weeks ago, visual displays, production control boards, the great helper for harried supervisors and busy, busy managers. What can visual do for them? And as we help these fine people, they will be able to help the company so much more. They intend to, but how can we help them help? And then we're going to announce in the subsequent show, in the subsequent show, our three recipients of our first Visual Workplace 10 Doorways Award. I keep mentioning this to you and you're wondering, who can it be? (laughs) Will this mystery never end? I can't stand the suspense. One company's in Holland, one's in California, and another one is in Mexico. And they have taught me much. I taught them much. They taught me much. And I'd like to share that with you. They are very, very worthy. So we'll kind of outline the award, what that is, how it works, and uh, describe them to you. I hope I can end up interviewing um, the uh, practitioners in all three places. We're working on it now. And uh, uh, I mentioned the last time that I'm on my way to India and Australia for about a month, beginning about uh, the first week in February, and I'm hoping to talk to many of the luminaries there, uh, Vinod Grover, who is the director and co-founder of the Kaizen Institute in Pune, India. I'll be keynoting for his uh, annual conference, and John Redford at Wilson Transformer, Steve Dam who is the Visual Workplace Coordinator there. They're doing marvelous work. Jeff Teal and Graham Potter at R.M. Williams, the iconic Australian outback purveyor. This is where it all started. How do we get products out of the outback and onto our backs here in the United States? We hope to also get a chance to talk with the folks at Flinders Medical Group who are doing a bang-up job in Adelaide on visuality in hospitals in their medical center. Okay, so we'll keep chugging and you'll please keep listening. And on that note, I want to thank you for your recent emails. We've made a connection. We're happy. We're happy for your constructive feedback. But you know what? You all seem to like what we're doing and how we're doing it. I didn't get much constructive feedback. I just got, oh boy, keep going. (laughs) Visual is such a rich topic with so much that is conceptually and immediately useful and thanks for saying so but please don't hesitate to tell us to tell me how we can how i can get better we love hearing from you and you know it's you who are the customer the client the object of our affection you are the ones who are going to be doing it we're counting on you to become laboratories of visuality so that we can have vision places all around the world let alone in the united states a vision place within 20 miles driving distance of you. That used to be my corporate vision when I started, well, low these 30 years ago, that there would be a visual workplace vision place within 20 miles driving distance of you, whoever you are. Well, we are still working on that. 
but visual visuality is beginning to reach a more prominent position in people's thinking. We've noticed that in many, many ways, and we think that the time is right to start building up those showcases. So, we love hearing from you. Keep the letters coming. <laughs> and we'll eventually move to call in. We'll actually hear you during the show. I know you're, you're, you're getting ready for it. Uh, and one of these days it'll happen. The call, uh, the call in number is given, um, at all of our breaks. Let's move on to the infrastructure. Let me tell you a little story to kind of set up the situation. Um, about creating a visual workplace and that it is not simply a matter of putting visual devices and visual mini systems in place. These get you started, but by themselves they're not enough. More has to happen. And, you know, we've been spending time talking about the technology of 5S, the technology of operator-led visuality. So we're going to talk about behind the scenes. Anyway, I went on this trip, let's just say, to ABC Manufacturing. This could be ABC Hospital, believe me, could be ABC Utilities Company. The company had made impressive strides in productivity and quality as a result of converting to a lean production system. Lead times were down by 35 to 40 percent, the market percent. The market was booming. Quality was competitive with the best in the industry. The workforce was stable, hardworking, and excited. A year before my visit, the president had attended a so-called 5S Improvement Blitz at a nearby plant organized by a well-known consulting group. Not ours, not ours. The Blitz promised to create a visual workplace within five days. To quote the president, she was excited by the change she witnessed in the space of a week. She decided to have the same thing done in her company. And now, 12 months later, she asked me to come in to do an assessment. She kind of knew that things weren't quite working out the way she expected. While the week-long blitz had produced results in her facility, they did not last. Nor did they spread the way she had envisioned. A call to the nearby plant where the first blitz took place revealed that the same was true at that company. Over the long term, the results were disappointing with the little of the promised bottom line impact. Housekeeping levels were back to the previous levels or worse. Anyway, we walked the floor together. And as we entered the main production area, I saw the remnants of last year's housekeeping campaign, a four-foot banner and, and there was one that hung practically in every department, exhorting cleanliness and order and discipline. Here and there, we saw frayed lines, uh, tape, and wondered at their purpose. We saw some silhouette or shadow boards, but in some cases, the tools didn't really match the outline. Several of the hundreds of processes in this facility were clearly labeled, but only several along with a handful of shelving units, ceiling signs, and a stamping area marked incoming, outgoing. I saw two or three, four mini systems, one for hand tools, things like that. Two quick changeover charts were posted on one of the dozens or so of 5S bulletin boards, but all of the data was at least two months old. Hmm. Cleanliness levels were adequate but uneven. I Skittered, I remember I skittered across uh, one floor that looked shiny but was instead slippery. <laughs> 
Well, there was evidence. There was actually no progress that could be built on. There were still problems, still problems. If anything, uh, 5S had taken a step backwards. So three hours later, the president and her direct reports were waiting in the boardroom, and they asked, what's going on? Why isn't 5S working in our company? Why isn't operator-led visuality? Because that's what we really want. Well, I said, you know, your instincts are right. Your company does need a comprehensive implementation of operator-led visuality. And I saw quite the opposite of that on your floor. I saw a number of perfectly serviceable visual devices and mini-systems, a few mini-systems, but they were scattered and standalone attempts. I saw a workforce, wonderful workforce that wants to improve but has no time to do it and managers interested in the notion of a visual workplace but unclear about what that means and how to get there. In short, friend, I saw an implementation without momentum. It has no roots. It can't have momentum. It has no direction. It can't have momentum. It has no vision. And without that, without those leadership conditions, your approach cannot change to systematic. It can't at this point. You have strengths in your favor, not the least of which is the energy and goodwill of your associates and supervisors. You can turn this around, but if you continue as you currently are, the possibility of ever achieving this operator-led empowerment through visuality, let alone a fully functioning visual workplace, is at best remote. might even be a waste of your time. You may not be ready. (sighs) The room went silent. And then the president asked the right presidential questions. What needs to change? How do we get there? And this is when I began to tell her about the importance of setting up an infrastructure. The field of manufacturing improvement and hospital improvement and utilities, uh, continuous process flow improvement is strewn with broken dreams and progress that might have been but never was. All too many companies behave as though just thinking about a change for the better will make it so, are realizing that nothing could be further from the truth, from reality. For improvement to happen, certain conditions or requirements must be met from the outset. They have to be framed from the outset. If they're not, the effort fails And unless we know this, we seldom realize why we failed. So we're going to go into the break now. As soon as we come back, we'll start outlining these components of success behind the scenes. See you in a minute. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. 
Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccinello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi. Hi, it's Gwendolyn. So we were just talking about the sad story of ABC Manufacturing and how they made a big effort. They had a big hope. Well, they made some effort, what they considered to be a sufficient effort, but they didn't get the results. And that was sliding us into the question of what needs to change? How do we get there? The field of manufacturing improvement is strewn with broken dreams. Okay? In our hope for a quick and easy solution to all workplace challenges, we sometimes mistakenly think that improvement success is simply the result of good ideas diligently implemented. But success, long-term, long-lasting, requires more than that. This is just as we... Just as a building requires an infrastructure to function safely and well, it's the same way with your improvement conversion approach, your visual conversion approach. It requires an internal structure. It's a behind-the-scenes framework that management puts into place intentionally and specifically before the first associate is ever trained or the first brilliant idea is ever discussed. The company's improvement infrastructure is the company's insurance that steady progress will continue to be made, learning applied and hard-won gains sustained. This is the same way with the building itself, a physical building. The absence of that framework can go unnoticed until those systems begin to fail. You don't notice that there's an electrical system in one of these skyscrapers 
until it begins to fail. You don't notice. You take for granted the plumbing, plumbing system until it begins to fail. But w- if either of those two begin to fail, you'll not only notice it, but you'll wonder what the heck is wrong with the facilities group that this comp- that this is failing or with the architects who built it. So management has to be a kind of architect of the improvement strategy and think about putting these frameworks in place. Framework, what is an infrastructure? It's a framework. It's a set of interconnected elements that enable or support a larger structure. In the community, we see the road system. The road systems are there to keep us connected to support the larger community. Water supply, sewers, electrical grids, the phone, internet, cable connections. Okay? So th- these are the com- these are the components that we take for granted until they begin to fail and then all everything comes to a halt. The entire economy of the community depend on those things that we take for granted. And they allow us to be when they are successful busy in our lives and contributing. So it's the same way. And I know many of you have done lean conversions and you put a lean office into place, a promotional office. And much of that framework or that profile has come to us, come to you from Japan. Some of you have been very successful, but the ones that have been successful with these ideas have come out, that have come out of Japan have gone to great lengths to fill in the empty spaces. Very, very impressive infrastructure has been put into place. It may be simple, but it's there. It isn't just an office. I'm going to outline for you what I consider to be the startup requirements, the behind-the-scenes requirements before that first associate is trained. And I, I want to begin the discussion by discuss by looking at another often overlooked distinction the distinction between knowledge and know-how knowledge is the what what principles what concepts definitions and practices know-how is the how how do we put those principles concepts definitions practices in place how do we implement so this interface between knowledge and know-how is also a subtle understanding. It isn't enough to train. You're just sharing knowledge. And it isn't even enough to take that knowledge and apply it. You really need to think through how do we apply it. Again, many of you are utilizing, some of you very successfully, the format of the Kaizen Blitz or rapid improvement events can be very useful. But by themselves, without a framework to hold that, to hold the newspaper, the follow-up tasks, to schedule it, to make sure you're not just doing Blitz in order to make sure you do 10 a week or 10 a month, but they actually have a quality outcome, this takes something more. So... Let's look 
since we're talking about outcomes, I want to name for you as we look at this uh, idea of putting knowledge to work and deeply embedding that knowledge, putting a know-how framework in place so we can utilize that knowledge. I want to talk to you about outcomes. What I discovered over the years is that these outcomes, it's important to have outcomes, but in a way they need to be universal rather than for the time being, very specific. Things will get specific enough. And I talk about the outcomes in terms of three of them. So let me walk through. This is what works for our rollouts of visual workplace. And I think what I've noticed with my clients is when they put the infrastructure in place and they keep their eye on these three outcomes, these outcomes carry them not only through the visual workplace, but through other improvement strategies, through their lean, through TPM, through uh, Six Sigma, perhaps. Six Sigma is a little bit tricky. We're going to invite Richard Schoenberger to join us and we'll interview him and talk about what's tricky about Six Sigma. He's the expert. He's really a fantastic American mind of manufacturing. The three outcomes. For me, the following three outcomes define success. One is to achieve a showcase level. In our case, it's to achieve a visual showcase. The second is to achieve trackable bottom line results. That's the second outcome. Make sure your efforts impact the bottom line and that you can track it. And the third is to adopt an attitude of learning. So let me go through these in a little bit more detail. The first thing you want, and I'm going to focus on visuality as though that's all we want to be talking about, but you can plug in with these three outcomes and with the startup requirements that we're going to go through, you can plug in any of any of your current improvement focuses. The first thing you want as a result of implementing visuality is a showcase, a work area where you have drilled deep enough to make operational details visual. An area on a showcase level informs us all of what a well-developed visual work environment looks like, how it functions, and how we got there. So it represents not just the outcome of These are visual devices and how they function together. But here's the pathway that we took to create it, to hold on to it, to build on it. When we visit such a showcase, our eyes tell us what visuality, why visuality is important. And newcomers and visitors see it and understand it as well. Also people from other areas in the facilities, in the facility, that other areas that are not yet visual. And when they come into the area, they get inspired, which is the first outcome you want from every improvement effort, that people get inspired. And they want their areas to look and run like the one they're seeing across the entire enterprise. They say something like, I want one like that. Oh, I want one like that. Ooh, why doesn't our area look like that? Ooh, I want one like that. And the way that you drill deep to a showcase level is by taking that definition that I gave you in so many of our shows, early definition, you look for, you create a work environment that is self-ordering, self-explaining, and because it's self-explaining, it's self-regulating and self-improving, where what is supposed to happen does happen. On time, every time, day or night, because of visual devices. Ooh, 
I want one like that. You can also say it like this. You start drilling one foot square, one mile deep. You've got to drill deep to create showcase level. So moving on to outcome number two, achieve trackable bottom line results. As each area makes its way to the showcase level, it's important to see visuality's positive impact in terms of trackable bottom line results. Management will take the lead in making this happen since it needs tangible proof of the return of the sizable investment that it's making to create operator-led visuality. Okay? The benefits will have a positive impact on KPIs, on quality delivery cost safety, QDCS, your KPIs. But you won't see this right away. And all we ask you to do is to take a snapshot. This is something you can do right now. Take a snapshot of your improvement metrics right now, your KPIs, and then start applying visual. Take another sh- – and it's a snapshot means do a printout, put it in a, a binder. Let it be tangible. Don't even bother to put it in the computer. Draw it from the computer. A month later, take another printout, put it in a binder, same binder. A month later, and you'll begin to see the drift. Visual, I'm going to give you, uh, hopefully we'll have time in this show, a metric that is specifically for tracking visuality. It is not what you suspect it is, and that will be important for you to um, track that. But you'll see a positive drift in your KPIs within six to nine weeks of a launch, sometimes sooner, sometimes later. And that will steadily increase over time as your visual devices dissolve the information deficits. In five to six months, you'll see results that are as good or better as the ones I'm going to say now. 50 to 30% increase in productivity, 70% reduction in waiting time, 70% reduction in material handling, a 60% liberation of floor space, 96 improvement in quality. These are all from our clients that we've already worked with or yearly figures. This is out in Boston. This is rolled up over the year. $2.5 million of scrap reduction, 7,132 hours of machine downtime eliminated, 54% reduction in walking, 100% elimination of rework. So that's our second outcome. Keep track. Require that bottom line benefit. Do not use visuality to be another pretty face. It's more than cosmetic. It's a workhorse. And we'll get to outcome number three when we come back. Let's take our break and see you in a minute. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccinello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi there. Hi. So what is that third outcome? We had the first outcome, which is to achieve a showcase, a visual showcase in this case. Second outcome, achieve trackable bottom line results. Take those snapshots and watch for the drift. Third is adopt an attitude of learning. Most of us already realize that learning is our lifelong job, no matter what company employs us. This third visual workplace outcome targets the conversion of our mind, of our hearts, and of our beliefs as we convert the work area to visuality. It's one of the things I love about this whole improvement revolution that we've been going through over the last 30, 35 years is that we change the process and in the process we change. It's a beautiful, parallel, interconnected um, a journey. Okay? We get involved in improvement and we improve. Continuous improvement is an opportunity to streamline the physical workplace and help ourselves grow as individuals. We change the process, the process changes us, we learn. We learn what works, we learn what doesn't, we learn what we like, we learn what we don't like, we learn what we got right, what we got wrong, and in, most importantly, I believe, we learn the difference between demands and preferences. This was a hard thing for me to learn. I'm a New Yorker by birth, and I spent 10 miserable years in Indiana, and they were trying to drum that into my head. Then I escaped, and then I spent 10 years in Ohio. The Midwest is a, it's like a, for a New Yorker, it's like a um, test tube. They do things to you and you change. You know, they don't let you escape until you get to be a better person. <laughs> I'm slightly better. <laughs> you know, anyway, about demands and preferences, I'll, I'll tell you, give you my little uh, shtick on this. Safety is always a requirement. We demand it. But the way I like to have this workbench laid out, for example, I'm an assembler, that's a preference. 
I favor my layout, but your layout is also interesting. I know that I'm an adult and so are you. Therefore, neither one of us needs to get bent out of shape if the other person doesn't agree with us exactly. We're just going to learn to stay open and sort things out. For outcome number three, we adopt an attitude of learning, of openness. We learn to stay open, for example, so we can appreciate mistakes as opportunities. We may even get so interested in mistakes, including our own, that instead of hiding them or blaming them on others, we study them and become scientists of our own work. So this is a great big outcome. This is a global outcome. If you will, this is an outcome based on principles. We come to realize that mistakes are part of what makes improvement a journey, not a destination, and on and on. These are not slogans. These are living principles. And we have to integrate them early on into our thinking as we take on this relatively simple conversion called, let's go visual. When you learn to adopt, and, and, and leaders, leaders on the shop floor, self-leaders and executive leaders, you teach this stuff. You must teach it and model it. You must be ready to say, when you learn to adopt an attitude of learning in the face of change, you can learn to stay open and bear the discomfort of not knowing the exact result. Over time, you come to accept things about yourself and others. And where acceptance is beyond your reach, then you learn to be content with tolerance. For example, you may learn that you prefer to be out front of a change in a leadership position. Or you may learn that you'd rather take a wait and see attitude and hang back. Or you may learn what I do is that I get cranky. Because I'm not sure I like change in the first place. You just have to learn that about yourself and you accept it. You tolerate it. If you don't like it, you still tolerate it. Whatever my personal preference is, I agree to stay open and remember that not all other individuals will be like me or need to be like me. I will allow myself and others to change. The Buddha, Gautama the Buddha, great teacher of many thousands of years ago, uh, told one of her, one of his students when she asked, how do you navigate life's tricky parts? He said, this is what you do. You show up, you tell the truth, you stay open. And for me, that's the Buddha's way of saying adopt an attitude of learning. So this is very important. And those are the three outcomes. And, and organizations where these are used, you know, you might you utilize the principle of respect each other. But for me, that is, it's not just overused, respect the individual. It's not understood. It came to us again from Japan. They were translating a cultural value that they deeply, that was deeply embedded in the psyche of the Japanese. It had to be. It's such a tiny island and it's complete, it's got millions and millions and millions of excess people. You, we better respect each other because we're, you know, sitting on each other's toes. But how do you operationalize that and how do you operationalize it in this land, in the West? How do you operationalize it? So I like to get very specific about what those behaviors are. Principle, behavior-based principles. And those are the three outcomes. 
that tell us if our visual workplace implementation is a success. Did we achieve a visual showcase and did we move from that strength to another? Are we achieving trackable bottom line results and do are people exhibiting an attitude of learning? Are they open? Hmm? Which is most important of those three? All of them. They are equally vital to your success. Okay, so that's the big framework. Now, within that, that's kind of like the girders of the building. That's going to hold the building up. And now we're going to put some tools in place, some other elements of the infrastructure in place. And that, those, those components, those elements will start building the shape that will hold the move towards visuality. I name eight of them, sometimes nine, sometimes seven. We're going to be able to uh, cover just one or two more, and then we'll finish this up next week. So these are the elements that I also use with my own clients in helping them set up and getting ready for success. And while they may never reach the ultimate and complete fully functioning visual workplace, they all have certainly reached a satisfying point along the way that they can rightly call a visual conversion. So here they are. A vision place, number one. Number two, systematic methodology. Number three, excellent transfer materials. Number four, an accountability structure, what I call on-site leadership, but a structure for that. Number five, an improvement time policy. Number six, the laminated map. It's a tool for focusing. It's a very specific tool. I call it by name. And other tools that help us focus, they're kind of subsets. That's why it could be seven, could be eight. The visual workplace hit list, a very, very important tool to keep us focused. And the visual workplace spritz, uh, blitz, <laughs> spritz. <laughs> Blitz. What we're talking about is having an improvement vision, letting it be behavior driven, but also making sure that we can drive it. You can't drive an idea. You need a structure to hold that idea so that you can then drive it. Okay? So these are components of driving. And I will tell you that as I go around and see many, many companies, there are a lot of hotshot companies that do a lot of things and they impact their KPIs, but I have found few that actually know how to drive improvement. And those few that know how, they have been so instructive to me. I've helped some of them get there, but I first had to have the concept that you can drive this sucker. You can drive improvement. And it has to be driven. And in order to drive, you need to know what the focus is, know how to target, etc. So let's talk about the vision place as the first startup requirement, the first element of your infrastructure. The outcomes are the girders. Now we're going maybe the plumbing system, your vision place, a tool to help you stay inspired and inform. You have to name a place where you've actually been where what was supposed to happen did happen because of visual devices. Maybe it's a nearby factory or hospital or accounting office where high levels of visuality has made you dream about your own work area looking and functioning like that. 
we call such a location a vision place. And its purpose is to inspire us on the outside until there's a showcase, a vision place on the inside, inside our company, maybe even inside our work area. So we're dovetailing with that outcome of achieve a showcase. What does a showcase mean? Well, there are some factories that exhibit this. But if there is no showcase level factory or hospital near you, then find a community location. And I'm going to give this to you as something that you can do tomorrow. Do it today. Find a location in the community that is highly visual. I remember Friendly's Ice Cream Parlor with its splendid array of visual devices for making ice cream sundaes and uh, ice cream sodas (laughs) wonderful. Wonderful visual standards, wonderful visuality behind the counter. McDonald's, even the drive-thru is visually inspiring. Home Depot, Lowe's with their excellent visual end caps, fantastic. Or if you live in Orlando, Disney World. Where's that Disneyland? I think it's Disney World. You go there, they, they take your money, you go home smiling. Because the event is so smooth, is so accelerated and, and supported by visuality. You always know where you are. You know where you're going to go next. You know you're going to wait two hours and 15 minutes in this line. But they break it down to little 45-minute uh, uh, segments. They give you uh, one of the major components, subcomponents of success, which is early victories. And many of them, small early victories on your way to two and a half hours of wait. So we'll pick this up after the break, and I thank you. I'm having a great time talking to you. I hope you are, too. This is Gwendolyn. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. So, we're talking about vision places and how they're, how important they are at the beginning to have one named so that you can visit it and you, you can know it while you're waiting for visuality to, to take root in your own company. There's only three requirements 
for choosing a vision place. One is that it's highly visual. McDonald's, Disney World, Home Depot. That's first. That you've actually been there. You have to have actually physically been there. You can't have heard about it only or seen it on a video only. You have had to have been physically there. It makes a huge difference when you have that kinetic memory of what it was like to get through a really, really great airport. You go to Chicago. I mean, they, Chicago O'Hare, they move millions or even Manchester in the UK or Schiphol. There's a crazy place. Uh, I almost missed a flight there several times. It's good, but it's not a vision place for me. But Manchester is and Chicago O'Hare, fantastic. You have this wonderful experience, but you also are able to move efficiently and get your purpose done. Okay, So, highly visual, you've actually been there, and then it has to be within easy driving distance. Because I would suggest to you that you visit it often. Remind yourself, let it be a touchstone, what visuality looks like, what it feels like, until a vision place exists at your own at your own, in your own area, at your own company. So if we were together, I would say, okay, stop, choose your vision place right now, think about it, and maybe you have four or five candidates and then choose one. And if I were with a group, I were either a supervisor or a trainer, I would say, I want everybody to have a vision place within the next three days. This is what it means. And I want you to list it up here and I'm going to give you a camera. Uh, we'll rotate the camera or you give everybody their own camera. Take a picture of your vision place. And people can keep going back to that place just to get inspired but also to get application ideas. Because I tell you, if you really look at what's happening at McDonald's or Disneyland or Friendly's Ice Cream, you're going to get categories of visual function. You don't have to wait for the training to tell you. You'll see it. It's a really good, if you will, training moment. So I want to charge you to think about that. And if you are a leader, an improvement leader, you ought to have this. You ought to know a vision place. Take this on as an action assignment. Second thing is systematic methodology. And this is probably the last one that we can handle today just because I've been going on a little bit. Vision without an implementation roadmap is only a hope. And as there's this great book called Hope is Not a Strategy. Okay, you have to have a roadmap. You select a robust and orderly improvement methodology with a proven track record that can trigger bottom line results. You select a systematic methodology and then you follow it carefully. Now, I've been working on our methodology for about 20, 25 years and I think it's pretty robust. And when people learn the method, I can see it in their eyes. They're already thinking about what to drop out, what doesn't fit their idea of fit. And I say to them in a very specific way, as I'm saying to you now, follow this methodology. Pick it carefully. You showed up for the training. You invested in this training of trainers. You and or your company must think that it's worth your time. Darn it. Follow the methodology for at least three cycles before you change anything, before you remove anything. Learn what this master technology, this master technology holds first before you get rid of the parts that you simply don't understand. Because that's what people do. 
People will play to their strengths, not to yours. They will adopt that which fits their paradigm. One of the problems with trying to import improvement practitioners from a company that is not lined up with your the methodology if you're if you're hiring or some you're interviewing someone is for them to drop their their paradigm and open to the possibility of what you want to create in your company and so you you first you go through you have people follow that methodology they're coming into your company once twice three times and now Marianne t- tell us what you think you'd like to change and justify it now against the strengths that we have. Because now you've done three cycles. Do you see where I'm going on this? You've done three cycles and you have an appreciation of why we do things the way that we do. Don't come in and change it right away. You know, I mean, it shows a little bit of disrespect. <laughs> I mean, we've been doing this and slugging it out and we want you here as, you know, fresh blood and fresh insight. But first learn what we're doing and then your changes will have greater validity. And you know what? You may decide that some things that look a little bit weird to begin with actually make sense for this local environment. There are many protocols for your journey to a visual workplace. My own method of choice is work that makes sense. It's structured, principle-driven, systematic, sustainable. That's me. At least try it out. Okay? And follow it. And I want to say something else about a systematic methodology. This is sometimes given to a middle management or even a trainer level. But I believe executives really need to be the selector of the methodologies that are meant to create improvement, create upgrade in the company. I think it's that important. I believe these methodologies need to be vetted. I do not believe that a valid decision can be made on a golf course. Excuse me. I hope I haven't stepped on anybody's toes. But I know a lot of decisions about bringing in methodologies on the operational level have been made by executives on the golf course. But I believe the fiduciary responsibility for selecting a method is much greater than that and deserves the time. Many, many executives have been involved in this And they know why they're choosing one methodology over another. They'll stand by it. They'll resource it. They'll go to bat for it. It will not slip away because they vetted it. So I want to encourage you to think about choosing your systematic methodologies in that way. I wish that there were, in a way, more uh, visual workplace methodologies out there. It's always puzzled me. Remember I was saying this in the 80s. Oh, goodness, I only have a few years to work on this before someone else is going to come out with the next best, the next great thing in visual. Then I said in the 90s, any day now, there's going to be this competing paradigm for the way that I'm thinking about it. And then I said in the 2000s, you know, why isn't somebody else thinking about this? Because it's such a rich field. And I'm just kind of fabricating this based on my own particular um, knowns and unknowns, my own particular education, if you will, if you will, uh, experience. I wish that there were a competing, sort of like a big bang theory and a string theory. And it's worthy of our investigation. I don't see the holes in my methodology. 
somebody else will. That would be great. Try it out and then tell me what's wrong. I'm interested, but try it out first. So I want to thank you. Uh, we are, we've gone as far as we can for today. We've covered the three outcomes. We've talked about the three outcomes of uh, achieve a vision place, create trackable bottom line results, and adopt an attitude of learning. And we've uh, covered uh, two of the nine or eight infrastructure requirements, the vision place systematic methodology. Next week, we will talk about transfer materials, on-site leadership, I call it the three-legged stool and proven time policy, how to stay focused through the laminated map, hit lists and blitz. We'll be able to cover this nicely. And uh, I really uh, love sharing this with you. I love getting your emails. Please keep them coming. I want to thank my esteemed producer, Sandra Rogers, my executive producer, for supporting me uh, now in the second cycle of Voice America Radio. I want to thank... QMI, which has now been a kind of uh, shuffled off to the shelf and is its new name is Visual Thinking Inc. My company is now called Visual Thinking Inc. used to be Quality Methods International. I want to thank the Visual Institute for supporting uh, my understanding in this field. And stay in touch, please. Send photos of your visual solutions and your comments to radio at visualworkplace.com. I really um, look forward to the show every single week because I know I'm going to be able to provide another building block of thinking, another concept to this growing understanding of visuality and how it works and how it is a language that we can know that we must learn to speak in the workplace. Does your company know how to speak visuality? Something that I wrote the other day. I thought it was a good question, kind of a little sexy question. Does your company know how to speak visuality? I hope you learn soon. So um, we'll be back next week. And um, this is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I am signing off until the next time. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving me your day, giving me this hour of your day. Thank you. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.